I've got to do a rip and pivot chair. This might not work. Your results, what's the forum thing? Your results may vary. Your R's M vary. You are M. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial pursuit, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. If you want to know more about this program or this podcast or want to get barraged by a lot of annoying pop-ups, check out our website, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Everybody, happy Thursday morning. It's episode 146 of the Lifestyle Business Podcast. This is a show where we believe building a business is the best way to create more personal freedom in your life. Today, I'm joined by my captain, my co-host, a man who puts the P into P&L. How you doing, Ian? Doing well. Yeah. If you guys stick around to the end of the show, we'll share with some of our most important business habits, the things that we do on a day-to-day basis that add up. It's like the little ant bringing... Uh, the dirt into the anthill, and eventually you've got yourself a mountain of a business. Wow. That's a good That's one, a man. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So, hey, Ian, quick, quickly some news. I got to say um, the Berlin content schedule for our, our big event, April 19th, it has been pretty much finalized. And, you know, as a conference organizer, I'm always a little bit nervous. You know, is it going to be good? Do we Do we have the right things together? And now just looking at the schedule last night, man, I'm feeling really confident. Yeah, so. you, you you sit down and you look and you see a blank piece of paper and all it has on it is Berlin and the dates. And you just think, uh, yeah. what's next? How much is it going to cost? How are we going to get people there? But yeah, it seems to be rounding out quite well. Yeah, and I can't thank Rob Walling enough again for helping us out before our first Bangkok event. And, you know, when you're just staring at a blank piece of paper, it's like it's it's scary and it takes up all your energy, you know? And so... Rob helped us use a little bit less energy and uh, also want to get that out to the audience so that if you want to throw your own in-person event, maybe you could use our system. So I want to hold my feet to the fire on that and make sure we get our process out to the listeners within the next few months. Uh, one other thing I want to point out is that uh, there's like 20 DCers here in, uh, in Ho Chi Minh City, uh, Vietnam. And uh, it, it, there was a thread that went up in the Dynamite Circle, I guess a few months back, written by John Myers that said, heads down in the Hoach. And uh, this idea that we're all going to come here, we're going to you know drink coconut water and work really hard and stuff, and and it's, it's just been a pretty magical feeling being around so many passionate people with similar interests, and uh, it's just this idea, Ian, of of getting yourself in the right room and making sure you're around the right people, and the connections that happen between people who are making it happen is incredible. It's like, oh yeah, I talked to this guy who hired this guy who invested in this guy's company who then is doing this. And uh, now we're all here around a table, um, you know, bringing each other's lives forward. Yeah, so. it's like hanging out in a little bubble. You know, it, it is really cool. And I think at some point, Dan, we should probably do another um, – we should have a conversation on maybe not the podcast, uh, the LBP, but maybe in Tropical Talk Radio about, you know, how the Internet's going these days in terms of Internet speed, uh, how much things are costing in different areas, why we think uh, Vietnam might be the next kind of cool place to go hang out for a while. Sure, let's do it. All right, let's get on to some iTunes reviews and shouts. Josh Plotkin from Brazilian Gringo is apparently using our podcast as a teaching tool to teach people uh, the, the great English language. Let's take a, uh, take a listen. Hey, Dan and Ian. I love you guys. The Lifestyle Business Podcast is the best. Keep up the good work. 
sweet irony in uh, teaching English uh, from a podcast from two guys that barely can speak it. But uh, I got to say, I got to say kudos <laughs> to Josh, man. This is this guy's an up and coming marketer. He figures figures out a way to get on the LBP episode almost every every week. I love this guy's site and I love what he's doing. And, and check out, uh, we're going to embed on our post, his Gangnam style parody video, which is getting tons of traction on YouTube. So do check that out. And thanks for your support, Josh. Ian, this week we've got three iTunes reviews, all five stars. John from Entrepreneur on Fire says, I love being able to listen to this incredible content as I drive. Thank you so much, John. Actually, both of us are going to be on the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast within the next, uh, well, who knows? John probably has a thousand interviews in the bag by now yeah he said he was gonna he said he was gonna try and put them back to back <laughs> we'll see what happens about that but john revealed that uh he was listening to the lifestyle business podcast before he quit his job and it was one of the things that led him to start the entrepreneur on fire podcast so i thought that was a that was a pretty cool hat tip to us i love it that guy is a uh he's he's at the helm of a value bomber he is crushing just, uh, He's crushing it. Vivian says, five stars. Absolutely love the positive energy. And Joshua says, this is a gem amongst podcasts. Wow. That's what I say about you, Ian. A gem among men. Thank you, good sir. <laughs> All right. Meat and potatoes. Today, Kendra from The Habit Chef asks us. I was gossiping about Kendra the other day. I was just saying how much of a baller she is. Like, Check out HabitChef.com. Uh, we know Kendra quite well, and she's an amazing person, but she asked us today on Twitter, I'd love to hear about which business habits are most critical to your success. For example, SOPs, Friday reports, etc. So Ian and I both wrote down three of our favorite business habits that are sort of unique to us. So Ian, why don't you get started with yours? Sure. Yeah. I think we've uh, we've got quite a quite a few habits, Dan. Uh, I'm glad that we took the time to write them down. Yeah. And only the good ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's plenty of bad ones. We, we'd have to do a whole series on the bad habits episode. Yeah. Right. So let's get started with the good ones. Okay. So uh, my number one uh, thing that I try to stick to is uh, it's always my fault when something goes wrong in our business. So I always try to assume blame. That means that I'm trying to fix systems, not people. So uh, I'll give you a, a hardcore example of that. Today, uh, we got a call from who I think was probably a competitor. And uh, we've got a fairly new girl on the sales line. And uh, we haven't been quite through everything yet. And so, you know, this person was able to get some information from uh, our sales uh, lady today, which I probably wouldn't have divulged myself. But because we haven't gone through the process, uh, she didn't know any better. And, you know, that's my fault. I I take blame for that because uh, we built the system, Dan, and we're the guys that say uh, this is what's okay to say on the phone and this is what's not okay to say on the phone. It's not her fault that she gave out the information that she did. Now, lucky for us, it wasn't really damning information, but it did give us a chance to refine our process and say, hey, these are acceptable things to talk to our customers about. These are not acceptable things to talk to our customer about. And ultimately, at the end of the day, I think as the entrepreneur in your business, you have to take responsibility for everything that happens in your business. Yeah, ballers take the blame. What's number two? Number two. This is something that I did uh, yesterday. So we had a production problem with uh, one of our products. And we got an email and it showed uh, there was a manufacturing error. And part of the reason why we got this email is because we always ask our questions. Excuse me. We always ask our customers the hard questions. Um, I'd say like once a month, we'll solicit hardcore feedback. So wait, so, so your habit here is you're, you're saying the habit here is to ask a, a probing question 
that is it that somebody doesn't necessarily want to hear the question, but you're going to ask it anyway because you need to hear the feedback? Right, getting around to that. So our habit here is to ask a probing question about our products. And, and this is something that you know a product manufacturer like us might be scared to ask because as soon as you open up that conversation with your customer, you know what do you like about our product? What don't you like about our product? There's, a, there's an opportunity or there's a chance there that your customer will just lay it on you thick. And yeah, say, and there's a chance you might have to do some work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we try to make a habit of asking our customers a hard question because, yeah, it does it does build into work for us a lot of times, but that's work that's going to push us through in the future to make better products. Yeah, and it's amazing like um, how some of the most successful people that could sit there and like blow hard on about their lives forever uh, end up asking the most insightful and probing questions. So the baller comes to dinner and ends up sort of getting the life story out of everybody around the table, whereas everybody sort of maybe walked into the room thinking, I just wanted to hear this guy talk because he's got, he's got a couple Bentleys in the bank account. You know yes. what I mean? So I, I think that's, that's very fascinating, getting good at asking those good questions. And habit number three? Habit number three is uh, probably pretty annoying to some people. And this is something that uh, you and I especially do all the time, and that's we have continuous conversations about how things have changed, and we basically revisit everything. So you and I will make a decision about something, and then it wouldn't be uncommon for me to come back to you a few days or a few weeks later and say, uh, are you sure we want to do that? Um, you know, I know we made a decision about that, but let's revisit that decision. So it's like almost like nothing is ever in stone, per se. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting to see are there sort of false assumptions? Because like the ground shifts, right? You, the ground shifts underneath your decisions. We might say, hey, let's not do that. Well, that's a decision, but it's not final decision. So it's this idea of being highly communicative, right? And one of the things I really like about our relationship, and I think it's important in any deep relationship you have in your life, is that there aren't these like off off-limits topics. You know what I mean? There's not these like fields of despair that like you can't jump the barbed wire and go into. I mean, it's cool. Like pretty much anything we want to bring up, we're willing to go down that path together. Yeah. And I think, I think it helps us to be dynamic too. I think uh, a lot of times you find yourself in a static position if you're not willing to revisit these decisions that you've made in your life. And so I think we're always willing to revisit decisions we've made, no matter how hard of a line they seem like they're drawn from in the beginning. All right, so I got three quick habits for you, Kendra. Number one, no monkey business before 10 a.m. in the morning. 10 a.m. is my time. That's when I create things. So uh, I can vouch for this, by the way, because I can never get a hold of you before 10 a.m. Yeah, and actually, um, it, it does have some detrimental effects. Like, for example, my relationships with people on the East Coast can be negatively, uh, people and clients can be negatively impacted by this. But the idea here is, is that I am not going to take my best creative time and, and pump it out on a Skype call or an interview or something that I could easily do after 10 a.m. Um, and so, yeah, when you look at my calendar, it's like every like just before 10 a.m. is always clear. So that's one habit. Uh, number two is work every single day. I think it's important to find work in your life that you are willing to work on every single day to move it one step forward. And, and so that's a habit that I've been able to stick to, not because I'm a, necessarily a super hard worker, but because I'm focused on doing the things that are meaningful to me and that I get meaning by pushing those tasks forward every single day. And that's one of the reasons I love Dynamite Circle and this podcast and on all the things we're doing there because it really infuses me with purpose. You know, I got an email from a long-term listener, Liz, uh, yesterday, and, and she said, I'm sure you get this all the time, but like now I'm 
making a full as much money as I was at my old job with my new business that was you know inspired by what you guys are helping me with and I just thought no I don't get an email like this every single day and but I do work every single day in order to get emails like this and so I like that a lot. So, oh, by the way, congratulations, Liz. Congratulations. <laughs> I think Seth good. Godin had uh, some kind of quote. Can you, wait, can you imagine that. how pumped Liz must be with her life right now? Like, <laughs> I'm pumped for her. This, <laughs> this, it's, so, it's so there for people that are work hard and are willing to work every single day. Absolutely. And I, I think Seth Godin's quote was something along the lines of, like, uh, what kind of life must you be living if you have to take a vacation from it? Exactly. Exactly. All right. So, and my final uh, habit is I try to separate that hard work. So there, are, there is this tendency amongst people who are hard workers, like I consider myself a bit of a mule. Um, I try to separate out the work from the systems that deliver value. So the hard work is for me. Like that gives me value and purpose. The fact that I have to wake up and work really hard every day. I love, I love that. And that's for me. But the systems that deliver value are for the world and for my customers. So one of the things I try not to do is get in the way of, of my business, you know? And, and part of it is just like we talk about this a lot in the process episode, which is that whether you know it or not, there are systems that underlie what you're doing that are getting your clients what it is they want, the benefits they're seeking from your organization. If you become the, the sort of kink in the hose there, by demanding that everything is sort of based on your hard work and unique genius, um, you are going to hold back value from your clients. So that's one of the habits that I try to revisit on a daily basis is, hey, let's make sure that I'm not letting my desire to work hard get in the way of the value that I'm that our organization can deliver to people. Joseph, been a longtime supporter, heard you say the journalistic approach to podcasting on the Foolish Adventure Show and immediately thought it'd make a great discussion topic sometime. Well, I just wanted to point you guys to a great example of this journalistic approach to podcasting. Last night, I was talking to a brilliant guy named Darren Joe. Check out his website, touchmba.com. So what Derek found is that there's this big problem that people, they want to change their careers. And the way the vehicle they use to do that is they go back and get their MBA. Well, that's a daunting prospect, right? Because you want to get into the best school possible. Maybe you don't know where to go to school. Maybe you want to find anything that gives you that edge. Well, uh, Darren gives people that edge by providing information on how to game the system a little bit, what the best practices are, what's working for other people that are in his network. And also he does this really cool thing where he interviews the admissions agents of, um, say, Wharton School of Business or whatever. So when you Google that person's name, his podcast interview uh, not only comes up well in the search engine, but is probably one of the most useful pieces of information that you could get about that topic. And so this, to me, is the journalistic approach to podcasting. Darren isn't waking up in the morning and you know, talking about productivity hacks or some fluffy idea of personal development. He's going out there and becoming an advocate for his, for his clients. He's getting them what they need, and because of that, he's able to convert them into super high-value customers. And I love this, you know, get that mic in your hand and become an advocate. Go out there and stick that mic into the face of the people who can help your clients. Become the advocate for them and you will earn their trust, you will earn their attention, and you're going to be balling. Gosh, and uh, I can only imagine how bad, you just must be crushing it based on uh, how competitive schools are these days. Absolutely. I mean, if I were to tell you that I have a, 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 an opportunity to increase your chances of getting into Duke MBA by 5 to 15%, 
I, I do that professionally. I've talked to the admissions officer. I mean, even the fact that he's just talked to the admissions officers is incredible value, not to mention all the, the extra value he's providing. Uh, how much is that worth to you? Uh, in my case, uh, my first question would be, will you sit in for me during the SATs? <laughs> <laughs> Shows how much you know. I, I don't even think SATs are. I think it's GMATs or whatever. But, okay. Uh, we aren't the test-taking types. Travis Jameson asks, could you talk a little bit about how you maintain your team, the structure, the goal setting, and uh, communication? So, Travis, this probably is, an, is, is something. Actually, I'm pulling together a panel about this precise topic with Cam Collins. I wrote Cam an email yesterday, and I said, would you be willing to present with me. And uh, Cam, someone that I respect, DC here for a long time. And uh, when I got the email back that he said, yes, absolutely, I'll present with you, I was like a kid on Christmas morning. I was like, yoo-hoo, we're going to do it. So um, we're going to be pulling together some ideas on this. But I think this is such a critical issue, Travis, that there are three books that we'd like to point you to that you, I think you have to put aside the time to read these books. So we made sure to make sure that these are must-reads. These are not optional reading when you go to make the investment not only in your business to pay somebody money that you could be earning, uh, but also you know you're taking on you're changing somebody's life in sort of a profound way. So it's important that you you know you, you sort of you sort of school up on this stuff a little bit. So the first one is called Mastering the Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish. Uh, if you could only read one book about managing a growing team, I, I think I would start here. Um, you know, I've, I've read stuff like I've checked out the one minute manager and stuff like this, but, but this to me gives a really great comprehensive philosophical overview of why and how you should manage a team and how that might evolve over the course of your business growth. Excellent. I think the next book on this list is, uh, probably Maverick brought it up a bunch of different times. Maverick, uh, Ricardo Semler has a, he, he, he puts a really great spin on creating like a democracy in the workplace. And I, th- I think it, he, what he teaches people is how to treat your employees like people. Um, and I think that, you know, his, um, his structure might not be for everybody in terms of the way that he structured his business around his people. But there are, there are keys that you can take. I mean, I think this guy was like way ahead of his time. Uh, the way he talks about like, you know, you can decorate your office any way you want. Um, we got rid of these types of managers. We didn't get rid of these types of managers. I mean, he was really forward with thinking for, um, for, for back in the day. One of the best business books of all time, absolutely. And, and finally, we're going to point out, speaking of best business books of all time, Good to Great by Jim Collins, a must-read in this, uh, this, this sense as well. And it, I just want to circle back real quick. I think the biggest thing here, Travis, is that you have really hardcore processes. Like uh, Alyssa and I just changed our process, our communication process. Now we get on the phone Monday mornings as well. And we actually created a document that shows how we talk to each other on these Monday mornings. Like so pilots. Yeah, we're writing out the code of how we interact. Again, um, just like episode 134, we laid out, Ian and I, before we start turning on this podcast, we went through the pilot checklist. You know, Ian, are you using that right, Mike? Ian, have you completely chewed your dinner? You know, uh, <laughs> these things are important because we don't, you know, this. one of the things that reading a book like Maverick can seduce you into thinking is like, oh, this guy is just 100% charisma and he just waltzes into a room and everybody like springs to action. Well, that's not how it goes down. How it goes down is that, you turn your business into a piece of software and everything runs off of a process and then all of the great glucose that's left over goes solely into your creative work. So again, this is this idea of freedom through constraint or creativity through focus. And uh, that's what we're trying to do in our business. So check out Mastering the Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish.
Wow. Uh, you know, the other thing, Ian, is um, one of the things you do really well with management is that you make it a huge priority. I think that's a little bit difficult for somebody who's bootstrapped a business off of their own talent and work. It's this idea of separating your work from the system. And the system becomes giving other people a guide for action, right? So that can be tricky, right? Is that investing all of your time in other people when you know you could just sit down and do it yourself? Yeah, and I think that's the trick. But that's really the only way that you can work yourself out of your business so you can work on higher level things like maybe starting a new business or managing people, right? So, of course, yes, I could be designing all of our products, but we couldn't really be pushing the business forward if I was doing that. And I want to say one other thing to Travis here. Uh, he asked about goal setting and structure. I think it's really important, Travis, uh, and this is something that we try to do. And actually, Dan, I think we should refine our process because I feel like we haven't come up with too much process in this department. We've just kind of ripped other people's. But one of the things that we do is like a state of the union address at the beginning of the year. And we say, these are our financial goals and these are the ways that we're going to get here. And this is the product roadmap. Um, and I think that that's really critical to kind of set the tone. And if you do this once a year uh, or maybe even once a quarter, I think that's really important to make sure everybody's on the same track as you financially and, and in the same mindset. Yeah, and it's amazing how this kind of focus, like we're seeing uh, with the heads down on the Hoach people, the people that are copying this idea of bringing a team on and getting good at that, how much freedom it's bringing into, into their lives. I think uh, some people were marveling at the amount of free time uh, that I that I can, you know, I got a foot massage yesterday in the middle of the day, this kind of stuff. And uh, people are like, hey, you really are doing this four-hour work week thing. And I say, hey, look, this is, I read Mastering the Rockefeller Habits. <laughs> <laughs> Get on it. Get on it, man. Get, don't try to sit down and, and bang out a 12-hour day on modafinil. Read Mastering the Rockefeller Habits and build out that system. All right, let's get moving on to just the tips. Ian, speaking of 12-hour workdays, hat tip to Jody Edinburgh for tipping me off on this fantastic little application. It's called Coffitivity. And uh, I have a problem working in my room. Like, I tend to go YouTube really, really early on in the creative process. I'm like, I wonder what's on YouTube right now. And I know it's going to be good. <laughs> um, but when I turn on Coffitivity, what it does is it, it plays like a cafe recording in the background. So, like, people are talking about stuff. And there's, like, ambient noise. And it gives this, like, this feeling of social pressure and this sense of space that makes it more productive for me. So I enjoy working in my, in my, in my room or in my office rather than having to go out to a cafe, which is what I normally do. So check it out. Yeah, a bunch of different people do this. I think Tim Ferriss works with the TV on, and uh, I actually tried out Coffitivity the other Coffitivity is that how you say it? The other day, and uh, yeah, I found myself listening to it for like an hour and a half. I didn't even realize it was on. Hey, it's so good that I went to a cafe yesterday, and I I turned on Coffitivity because I was like. The ambient noise in this cafe is not good enough for me. I, I have a whole other standard of ambient noise right now. <laughs> I'll take a coffee, but you can keep this ambient noise. These conversations are not up to the par of coffeeativity. All right. Thank you so much for uh, for that hat tip, Jody. And, and do check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, today, Ian, you're the resident DJ. What do you got for us? Uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce the name or maybe I'm going to screw it up, but uh, this is a song they're playing a lot on the radio these days, Dan. All the kids are into it. This is Sweet Nothing by uh, Diplo, and this is the Grand Theft Remix. So lifestyle, businesspodcast.com, and uh, we'll see you guys next Thursday morning. Booyah! Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on everything we do. So I'm
Daddy. <laughs>